1: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at
0: ChumbaCasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and
0: conditions. 18 plus.
2: This is Unspoiled covering Sandman, Volume 7, Brief Lives, Part 2. In this episode, we catch up with Destruction, who's enjoying a peaceful retirement and doesn't have time for these kids and their loud music these days. Welcome to Unspoiled.
0: Mr. Simon, bring me a dream. Make him the cutest that I've ever seen. Give him two lips like roses and clover.
2: Then tell him that his lonesome nights are over. I mean, who does? These kids. Am I right? Yup. <laughs> oh, bless. Um, so, everybody, full disclosure, I totally went and read the wrong book. And uh, <laughs> I just had to start recording really late. Thank these guys for actually being able to do that and catch up. Because I was like, yeah, we're done with Brief Lives. And I took it off of my, specifically, my, my side table that is four books I am presently reading And was like, huh, that's weird. What's this doing here? Put it back on the shelf and went and got World's End like a douche. And then (laughs) sat down yesterday for three straight hours to read the whole thing and felt very pleased with myself that I was able to read it the day before instead of the day of like I usually do. This is a true story. This is how (laughs) my whole week has been is me patting myself on the back for actual mistakes and not accomplishments. This is my
1: story. (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh man! Oop. So yeah, oops is correct. So I uh, I thank these gentlemen for being flexible, and also GarageBand isn't working. So thank you, Miles, for recording this.
1: You're welcome. Yay! Well, I I have some experience doing other podcasts. So. Thank
2: God for that. <laughs> um, because I don't. <laughs>
1: it's all it's all you. You're the one who sent me down this crazy road in the first place. I'm talking, so, so sorry. Yeah, you should be, you should be, I'm really, you should be, sorry. I will
2: not accept any responsibility. <laughs> um, So, but thankfully, this actually was, I, I was like afraid because I liked World's End so much that I was going to have to go back and read this and be like, oh God, why? But this was actually great. And I really liked this second half. Oh, cool.
1: I'm pretty encouraged that you liked World's End a lot because it's one of the, you know, kind of interlude one shot pieces. It
2: is sort of like there are parts where i was like really but i actually i liked it better than the one shots well not all of them but most of them um i just felt like the story was overall more cohesive and i I, just the way it was put together i liked
0: yeah and which i guess we'll discuss next week um or next episode is much more cohesive than fables and reflection which we we discussed it was kind of arbitrary the way (laughs) that they bound everything there
1: yeah, World's End
0: has a definite structure going on. Yeah, I
2: think that he maybe learned from his mistakes. Maybe he Could be. And was like, uh, yeah, I'm gonna not do it that way now.
1: You know who doesn't learn from his mistakes?
2: George R. R. Martin.
1: Dream. <laughs> I was gonna say Dream, but George R. R. Martin is also an appropriate response.
0: Dream R. R. Martin. Dream R. R. Martin. Oh God,
2: he <laughs> most emo writer ever. He kills every character. Like not even. <laughs> this that, that, is not an exaggeration. <laughs> they are all dead, and there is no book, and it's very puzzling. No, every character has it.
1: one POV chapter at the end of which they all die. It's like a whole book full of the prologue.
0: <laughs> you know what it is, Catelyn. He um he wooed Catelyn Stark, and she said no. So said <laughs> no, that's red wedding.
2: <laughs> so he organized the red wedding. Is that what he said?
0: That's basically it. She yeah, said no. Yeah, Rob saying no to the Frey girls. It was yeah. Captain said no.
2: Oh, I love it. And
0: he just like destroyed
2: everything. I just
0: like that was actually that was the doom
1: of valeria right there. That's is like, that actually... some some chick turned dream down and he's like,
0: fuck you. No, it was da- it was danis the dreamer. She was like, I, I have a yeah. prophecy that my boy, my bo- my ex is gonna destroy everything. So I'm oh saying no. That, to that makes Kate. so much got- sense. <laughs>
2: That makes so much I'm sense because she's the dreamer. Fic. I'm doing it. Yes. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um. Yeah. I actually like. While I find Dream kind of insufferable a lot of the time because he just takes himself so seriously, I actually really liked him in this because I felt his like. This time was one of the few where I felt like his heartbreak was much more relatable and real and genuine and not just him standing around being like, I'm so heartbroken. Oh my god, I'm gonna pick everything in. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's just the the one moment where he is talking to Destiny and Destiny's like, um she that. doesn't love you, she ain't gonna love you, you best let that bitch go. And he's just like, What? Real talk. Yeah. <laughs> It was like, we'll meet once
1: more and it will be satisfactory to neither of you
2: there. (laughs) Which, let's be honest, isn't that the story of every ex ever? That you see them one more time, usually, and it's just awkward and weird and never gives you that feeling of closure that you thought you would get. And it's just, yeah, (laughs) it's just really unsatisfying. Um, but yeah, I guess the fact that Destiny was there to validate that there was a relationship to begin with, and that there was maybe a reason that he would believe she loved him, unlike how I felt about uh, Doll. What's her name? Dala? Dana? Uh, Nada. Nada. That's the one. Um, I just never felt was... like that was legit. And even though I don't know, You're still on
1: Dana's the, the dreamer over here. All right.
2: Nice. I got Nada, I just got the letters mixed up. So
0: I got gotcha. <laughs> Nada is Dana Dyslexia.
2: Exactly. See? Anton <laughs> understands me. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: but yeah, so I actually found that really heartbreaking and I didn't hate him as much as I normally do with that. Um but yeah. So let's begin at the beginning, shall we? Let's. Um
1: with Destruction writing poetry. Which,
2: honestly, <laughs> Destruction just seems like such an inappropriate name for this lovable guy. I want to call him something really, like, adventurous but relaxed-sounding. Like, he's the guy that... Daring. Does ...yoga and eventually has dreadlocks and just...
0: Lived in Oregon.
2: Yeah. Or, like, in Costa Rica it... and has never learned Spanish, but he just, like, is so affable that everybody...
1: Uh, <laughs> is there a synonym for hipster that starts with D?
2: I was thinking much more hippie than hipster.
1: Yeah, okay, all right. Yeah,
2: he feels like he's just on the edge of hippie. Um, he's he's a very like Eddie Bauer style hippie. What would one call that? Because uh, of his lovely uh anoraks and polos and jeans, and <laughs>
1: that's right.
2: Um, and his ponytail. But yeah, so he's writing poetry and it's terrible. It's <laughs> it's so bad,
0: so bad, <laughs> you guys. Shall I? Like... Okay, here's the deal. So when I read this poem, I read it in the voice of um, William Shatner, the way he delivers his lines. <laughs> I mean, oh, that's really good. It was good. like, I call this basilisk and coquetry. a moral poem. I dreamed, <laughs> I saw a basilisk that bathed upon oh, the shore. I looked, I looked upon the basilisk so with eyes of stone. I looked no more, no more. <laughs> like shit it was like that it was basically that's how i read this poem
2: that checks out i'm fine
0: yeah that. i can see that
2: just when he says when he gets to that line, one cannot gaze with eyes of stone i'm like oh shit no <laughs> sit down and uh Barnabas is just so hysterical. Well, at least it was short, and I was like thinking that exact thing at that moment.
0: Have you guys ever been in a creative writing class and there's this one guy who takes himself too seriously and he thinks that maybe like borrowing from other authors will allow him to elevate his art, but all it does is make him not have his own voice, so it just comes off inauthentic? Oh, I'll go you one better. I think I might have been that guy. I was just
2: about to say that. I was like I'm pretty sure I've done that. I remember when I was in uh, Carnegie doing the stage design stuff and I just could not stop, like, lifting designs right out of Lord of the Rings. Like, <laughs> because that movie was so huge at the time, I thought it was so incredible and I had, like, applied to be an intern at um, Weta Workshops where they did all the models and everything. Wow, I... And I was obsessed with it. And as much as I could try and not make things look that way, once they were done, I was always like, shit, that's just, like, one of those elven palaces <laughs> or, like, something every time. So, yeah. I
1: hate it when, like, I think I have this great idea for a story or a character, and I tell it to a friend and they're like, so, like, this story or this character? And I'm like...
2: <sighs> That's what friends <sighs> yeah, are for.
0: To yeah. remind
2: us that we aren't that great.
0: That's <laughs> what <laughs> I love about Barnabas. I mean, there is a guy in one of my creative writing classes. He was obsessed with the word convivial, and he kept yeah. using it, and during, oh. like sharing circle i just wanted to bang myself on the head until one day this, this guy in our class finally was like Dude, you're using convivial wrong
2: I, did, was he heartbroken
0: he was got really defensive and the professor had to step in and kind of diffuse it a bit and then he was kind of just like um i don't think like the professor was basically trying to say in the politest way possible that that's you might yeah, want
2: to Your friends are right, you're wrong. Stop.
0: Or it's, it's the awkward usage of convivial is basically what he was saying and we kind of were just like oh my God. <laughs> awkward.
2: You, you keep on using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing there's um there is a friend of mine who is actually really creative and has some great ideas and words things really well, but occasionally we use words so wrong. Or use a word correctly except add an extra syllable in there so that I'm like, I get what you're trying to say, but that's not a word. Um, and, yeah, that can get real annoying. So, but, yeah, this was just kind of endearing and adorable and Barnabas and is just like, yeah, I'm over it. Let's go inside.
0: I want a pet dog like Barnabas. I'm not a dog person by any means, but if my dog could do this, I'm keeping one.
2: I, I can't, you can't deal. Like and
0: critique your artwork.
2: <laughs> well, I'm just thinking about like Barnabas is like taking you down a peg all the time. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure my cat does that already. <laughs> she reminds me constantly that I am unimportant to her in most ways. <laughs> She's like, I'm I'm done with you, human. You are dismissed.
0: <laughs> well, either Barnabas or Matthew, if I had to have a pet animal. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, Matthew's my favorite. Um, OK, so we go to Delirium and Dream, who is Being such a dick. And he just straight up is like, yeah, we're done. And she says, what? But you said you were going to come with me. And he's like, yeah, we're causing damage and problems. And she says, I thought we were friends. And he says, really? Because I thought we were family. I'm going back to my world. Bye. And she's just standing there in the rain alone in the middle of nowhere in the saddest little like slumped shoulders I see it's like that. Well, I'll be back in my realm then if you want me. If anyone wants me. Oh, my God. I love that
1: frame where it's like the glass
2: shattering. Yes. Yeah. And Dream gets back to his place and Walla's dancing around. And he's just such a fucking grump. <laughs> She's all happy and dancing. And he just tells her, stop that. And I'm like, dude, you need to just stop. Ugh. And then... He tells Lucien that he's going to go lock himself in his closet and play some fucking Smiths <laughs> or something. And he pulls up Queen is
0: Dead album on repeat. Yeah.
2: You know what I imagine him listening to is uh Dashboard Confessional?
0: Oh my god, yes. Uh... <laughs> Theme would totally be the guy. We all think that he's listening to something a little bit more respectable, like The Smiths. But no, it's Dashboard. Dashboard. It's totally
2: something way like more whiny. I love Dashboard Confessional's lyrics, but his voice just kills my heart. It's awful. It but
0: I love uh... that he started to pulling someone's testicles and squeezing. Nah.
2: <laughs> that's, what, that's what the sound is. Nah.
0: It's
1: a great like uh, full page shot of the throne room, though. I really do like that. Yeah, that is
2: really cool. There's a couple spots in here. There's that double page of the night sky with the stars. that score. Yeah. There.
1: The art in this story arc, I think, is probably some
0: of the best that's been in the whole series. Yeah. what well, first of all, a woman. Second Yay! of all, finally, assistant artist. Thank you. It's not. <laughs> sometimes it's not always about gender. It's just be consistent. Yeah. Yes.
2: I mean, honestly, like, that's the, I've noticed that we haven't had, whoever that artist was that did those incredibly sketchy, and I don't mean sketchy as in, like, that way, but, you know, that way, too. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, like, it was just, like, they'd drawn it while they were driving on their steering wheel with a big pen and then handed it to somebody who were like, color this in. What? It was there was one particular illustration that Owen pointed out that it was like just a repeat of the first one except blown up. Um,
1: Oh, yeah. Remember remember
2: that? that, What I'm talking about? Yeah. But anyway, I
1: think it was in the Fables and Reflections portion. Yeah, I think.
2: right. Um, So he calls up.
0: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com.
2: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
2: Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa.
2: <sighs>
0: Chumba. Chumbacasino.com No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: On, uh, Faramond, who is very unconcerned that Ruby died. He's just like, well, I just try not to get too attached. And that seems to...
1: Fucking mortals, man.
2: Right? And Morpheus seems like genuinely like, kind of jarred by that. Do you not regret Ruby's death? And he he's, you know, Faramond's like, well, I don't get attached. And you? And I noticed that Morpheus doesn't actually answer the question. He just says, no. I knew her but briefly. And I was like, yeah, but so... And I was like, really enjoyed that little interaction.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good.
2: Um, So, he hangs up for lack of a better word. um, And we are given a uh, description of the throne room being in the heart of the dreaming and that there are tons and tons of doors to find your way to the throne room, but that he can be very meticulous and go around and lock every single last one of them. Um, and then he starts to conjure and create, and he creates this desert and the moon rises and he's walking. There's ghost cats and the city. And then we see bast. And uh, I had forgotten all about how she said that she knew where his brother was. Yeah, and yeah. I was so appreciative that she was just like, oh, "I, dude, I was lying. Come on, catch up, dude." My
0: bad. <laughs> him, although, did you get the impression that she? Uh... Oh, never mind. I will get there when as I'll, I'll be the this. Yeah, <laughs> but she wants the D she in more ways than dream. one. Yeah.
2: She wants all seven Ds. Uh, oh, get it?
1: All seven inches. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh dear. Um, and she asked, she's sorry. Go ahead.
1: Oh, I was just gonna say she's like sexy as hell in this. By the way, it is so cat funny. cat head aside. She's she's super on top of her sexiness, <laughs> laying on her side, all
2: sultry, sitting up on yeah. her arms and looking at him. She's on her knees at one point, like staring up at him, like
1: her dialogue hey. too. Uh, her dialogue is great for that yes
2: and she asks him why were we never lovers and he says perhaps you know me too well my lady and i'm like maybe he's just not into cat heads. but then he has a cat head later himself so that's right i guess it doesn't really matter in the end
1: i get, i got the impression that they had been before but i guess they're just really good friends yeah i
2: mean it, i think there's definitely a vibe like they had been um, mm-hmm. and that she is totally down to just be friends with Benny's, and he's like, I'm done with that. She's <laughs> still trying to convince him a little bit, but yeah, yeah. apparently, they never had anything. Hmm. Um,
1: better off for her, I guess.
2: <laughs> oh, she does not want to step into that pool,
0: she does not <laughs> join that club,
2: right? Um, that club is full of crying, tortured, dead people.
0: <laughs> this is true. Although she wakes up from this dream, and it seems a little sad that you know her temple is all, all but empty. Um, hey, it's still better than what happened to Nada. Yeah, right. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that was really sad. Um, so basically, yeah, she asks if, if there's anything else that she can do, and he says, "Nope, I'm just going to go figure it out myself." And um, he starts to turn into Catface. And pets her head, which I thought was kind of adorable.
0: <laughs>
2: and then she wakes up in her kind of shambles of a temple, eats a mouse that doesn't even taste good. And she gets one prayer from a woman whose cat got hit by a car and she sends the cat a quick, easy death. Um, and she, it just says she's beginning to be scared of dreams. Bast is getting old and she doesn't really remember
1: yeah, she doesn't remember talking to Morpheus.
2: Yeah, that was sad.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I do like the idea, though, that you know God's age and whatnot.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's one of the one of his consistent. Um,
0: yeah, it's
2: an mm-hmm. American
1: strength.
0: God, and I actually like the same. It's also the same concept that they had in Fables, with by Bill Wellingham with a whole like. Um, all these fables that we believe in, like uh, Aladdin and Cinderella, they lose their power if people don't believe in them anymore. So uh, thanks to Disney, the more popular ones have power. Right. <laughs> That's right. But uh, yeah, nobody I remembers just... who Baba Yaga is anymore. She's like, I, my my, uh, my teacup is falling apart. People need to believe. I love Baba yeah. Yaga,
2: too.
1: That Japanese pantheon needs to take on more of American pop culture, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah. Save some shit. It's Pokemon, man. Pokemon, Pikachu is a god. <laughs> and Marilyn Monroe. And Marilyn Monroe, she speaks Japanese now. <laughs>
2: um. So we go to Merv the Pumpkinhead, who is probably my favorite, other than Matt. And mm-hmm. uh he is doing. It looks like he's like putting plaster up on a wall, but I don't know what he's doing. Uh, he's
1: like he's he's like rolling up the brick wall like it's a piece of paper, and there's a shelf behind it. Oh. Like, do you see that? Like, I don't know oh, what it is. Oh,
2: he's putting up wallpaper. He's putting the paste up, and then he's unrolling the wallpaper, and it's an act. It becomes a room. Yeah, yeah. So he puts the wallpaper up. Okay, I was I not like how That's how they do
0: renovations in the in the in the library of dreams.
2: And he's all complaining that this is so much hard work. You're fucking pasting paper on the wall.
0: Yeah, dude. you have to take the bricks down. <laughs> Would you rather do it the regular way?
2: Right. Um. He says, and he's talking about how Dream is just, like, too stuck up in his head, that he's kind of a flake, that he needs to hang out with more more salt of the earth people who can set him straight. And uh, he's in the middle of this tirade when Morpheus walks up behind him and is like, so, what were you saying? And I love Mm -hmm. the illustration where his eyes are all huge. (laughs) (laughs) See, right right into the back of his head.
0: So his eyes are so huge and that cigarette is just like. Still there in his mouth, and his mouth (laughs) kind of like sucks it in.
2: Like, oops!
0: Must
1: have been a bad drag. I
2: totally think he's right, though. Like, oh
1: yeah, no, absolutely.
2: Obviously, when Dream goes and talks to Destruction later, and Destruction's like, "You've changed." It's because of all of the people that he's met who have told him, "Get the fuck over yourself," multiple times, and. And he still won't admit
1: to being a different person. Like, Dr- destruction says so, and Orpheus says so. Because
2: it, that would mean that he is admitting that other people have any influence on him. Right. But he's a, he's a solo man. He's an island that nothing can touch, and anything that happens is his own choice and doing, and nobody can influence him or... It's just come on uh, dude he's just got such a high opinion of himself and he seems to think that the only way to be strong is to be alone and it's just hurting nobody but himself yep we all have a friend like this don't we
0: at least one <laughs> at least one and if you can't remember which one it is it might be you
2: <laughs> that's right
0: yeah <laughs> if you're listening but you to can't this.
2: think of the friend in your group who is this guy you're that guy <laughs> um so merva uh, pardons himself and leaves and he's
1: like uh no i was just kidding Just kidding <laughs> around boss just uh i'm out
2: oh my god he's so awkward um lucian tells him that he investigated anybody else you know having influence on their trip or whatever and found nothing and then um he tells him something happened in your gallery and they go and look at the spot where Delirium's sigil was, and it is blacked out. So he calls his sister. I love this so much. And she is pissed at him. Yeah, she is, and she should be. Yeah, she should be. He was such an asshole. And <laughs> just after she, like, Delirium was so be- being so open, and, like, I just really. F- feel like you're horrible to me all the time and i thought maybe you'd be nice and then he agrees to go with her and then he turns his back again like abrupt it's just it felt like for a second he actually heard her and opened his heart and then he just forgot everything right away which is exactly what destruction says later you instantly forget the things that you don't want to know right um and yeah and then he has the, the balls to be like well why do i have to go and she's like you are the one who fucked it up you sort it out I couldn't believe he asked why me dude really what are you 11 um so he goes into delirium's realm which looks like a one of those like dream murals that you make when you're in like 7th grade from Mm -hmm. pictures that you cut out of like 17 and teen vogue and whatnot. Yeah. Cosmo. Yeah, exactly. Um, tiger
0: beat. <laughs> little
2: tiger, <laughs> that little tiger butterfly
0: beat. with a dog's head. It looks like it kind of reminds me of Wishbone. Does there any anybody remember that TV show?
2: Is that? Dog oh
0: God, head? yes. Oh,
2: I'm looking at the top one that had a person's head, but there's the other one with the dog's head. I yeah, see the one
0: that's underneath that. wasn't good enough. Yeah. What's
2: the story, Wishbone? <laughs>
0: Oh man, I love that show. It
1: breaks show. my heart the wasn't good enough and the mediocre that's just like oh, floating cool. around in there because you know that's how she's feeling.
0: Yep. And um, the stance, oh my goodness, the sour clinical smell of a hospital which brings with it its, its beds and surgeons and in saline drips.
2: A woman stands with doves on her shoulders the doves are scorpions the woman is a small pool of ice cream melting on a sidewalk on a hot summer's day yeah. that like four times like wait what <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah the then that one spot put the gun in your mouth put the gun in your mouth put the gun in your yeah mouth. i was like fuck you stop it
0: i was, uh, was like
2: i was like is this, this despair's realm all of a sudden <laughs> i know right um i mean for now
0: maybe probably a little yeah uh, the, sundial, the sundial in the middle of that one panel was pretty cool. The um Tempest fra- frang- frangit, frangit, frangit. Frangit. What does it, that mean? Uh, it, it's Latin for time break. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. dream. Worst big brother ever.
2: He is. He's the worst. So he <laughs> finds her and she is she has no hair at this point. I just really like how much her appearance changes. And Her
1: hairstyle especially. Yeah. yeah
2: and she's so hurt just i should never have trusted you and she's like i should make you go mad you're, i could do it you're not even wearing your helm and i was like oh shit I didn't <laughs> even think of that and um he comes and tells her i really want to apologize and she asks him well he admits first of all that he went into the waking world because there's a woman and he was hoping to run into her, which was the most human moment I think I've ever seen from dream. Like, yeah, I just know that. So, Oh God, going somewhere and being like, what? I just wanted to go. I know it didn't even enter my head. He would be, what? Did, oh, wouldn't you think he might be there? Huh? Yeah. I just <laughs> happened to look really excellent. and have just gotten my hair and makeup done and my, uh, mani pedi done today and got a new <laughs> outfit, but that's totally coincidence. It's not a big deal. Whatever. Like I've completely been that girl. So
1: uh, for him, it's like it's not like you know the local diner or the bowling alley. It's all of the wiki world. Of the waking it's like world. Yeah.
2: He's like, I thought I would maybe run into her. Yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Likely.
0: Oh dream.
2: Um and she asks him, Do you like me? And she's the saddest little thing. Oh, and he says yes i suppose i must do delirium you entertain me and it distresses me to see you troubled and she seems so happy just... and then ready or not here we come
1: did you ever watch that show coupling yes. i've only really seen like
2: the first two episodes and i really hated it so i stopped oh
1: i love that show but uh there's a great <laughs> when he says i suppose i must do it just reminds me of this bit from coupling where uh, the the one of the guys who's like a total sex hound and only th- thinks with his cock, you know. They're accusing him of not being able to converse with women, and he, he says, "Well, you say I don't converse? I converse. I talk to women. Well, do th- do the women talk too?" And he gets all confused, and he's like, "Well, they must do."
2: <laughs> 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 yeah, it's easy to miss out on that part, isn't it, bruh? <laughs> um. that makes me think of there was this guy just off topic real quick at my work the other day, hitting on the teller next to me. It's weird how much bank tellers get hit on. I never knew this was such a thing, but I've been hit on so much at this job as compared to like when I was a waitress or anything. And he was asking her all these questions that like, if they weren't all together in one conversation might not have seemed as creepy. But he was like, so what are you doing this weekend? And she's trying to drop the hint. Like, well, I'm going out dancing with my husband. She's not married. BT dubs. And he's like, oh, really? Where are you going? Are you going to drink? What do you like to drink? What do you think you're going to wear? Oh, my God. Right?
0: Really? Yeah.
2: And I was like thinking to myself, you know, I bet somebody at some point told him, ask women about themselves. When you're talk like that's a good way instead of just talking about yourself, and so he thinks this is the way to do that. When in fact you it just, just watched Forty Year Old
1: Virgin picky, too many times,
2: right? Yeah, but it was just like the most, and he and then he said something about how you have really beautiful lips, and I was like, you need to go now. Oh, <laughs> <goodness>. <laughs> that's so.
0: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com.
2: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
2: Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa.
1: Oh, I was going to say, I'll admit there's a cute girl at my bank that I sometimes kind of flirt with when I go up and get money from her, but never like that. (laughs)
0: Like, what are you doing? Failed attempts like that that I feel drive, like, guys to go to pick up artists' forums and turn into an MRA.
2: Oh God! I'm, I know. I'm
0: saying it's just oh, there's a better way to socialize with the opposite sex or Seems same to... sex, depending on your sexuality. Yeah, there's
2: an onion headline that was a uh, men man who treats women with respect asked what his secret is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was like, yep, sums it up. And it's not like the guy was being disrespectful. It's just that his questions obviously had nothing to do with her as a person. You know, it was clearly like a script where he was like, well, I should ask her things. And it was just came. It, it felt like he was checking off boxes of a questionnaire okay. that he had prepared for every girl he meets ever.
0: It's true. You can, can still object beautiful to person, even if you're being quote unquote nice.
2: Right? Exactly. Oh.
1: Uh, hey, yeah, just being nice. Can I just tell you how good you look in those pants? I'm just being a nice person.
2: Oh my god! And then there was a woman who tried to tip me, or a, a dude who tried to tip the girl next to me. Like she's a <laughs> bank teller, dude. Worst idea ever she could get fired for that and he's like Mm -hmm. trying to get her to take this $20 bill out of the cash out that he just had gotten of like a couple hundred bucks and she was like no I can't and she's pushing it back to him and he's like no take it take it and she finally had to be like no really I can't and finally (laughs) he took it and he like shuffled out of there all awkward and she turns and looks at me like what the fuck and I'm like I don't know
0: and if the camera's rolling I mean really
2: exactly like I'm sure if they looked at the camera they could have seen that he handed it back to her like if she if she had decided to take it, but she's not stupid, she would never do something like that. And I just don't know what sane person thinks they have to tip their bank teller. Like, what exactly do you think this is? But, whatever. Anyway, people are weird anyway, in summary.
0: People are weird. Anyway, was there any chocolate? <laughs>
2: not enough. Not ever. Um,
0: Destruction is weird.
2: Yeah, Destruction's gone shopping. He's gone down to the uh, local farmer's market and gotten some for some seasonal produce. <laughs> and uh Barnabas is just like, dude, you never cook. What are you fucking doing? And he's like, but cooking is such a fine art. And he's like, yeah, but you never still and he's just like, let me do it. Just shut up. <laughs> I just love how like he's just determined to try everything. And Barnabas keeps being like, This isn't something you're good. Why do you keep what about that stack of marble outside with holes in it? <laughs> That thing is a sculpture. And what of? And, and, yeah,
1: and you saw it, right? It's like, whoosh. it
2: yeah. looks like he was trying to carve Ishtar.
1: Or despair. Or
0: despair.
2: Maybe it's like Ishtar. If he if he forgot how long her legs are, he was like, "Oops, I guess it's just from the knees up."
0: He's like, "It's it's been uh, a thousand years. I forgot what she looks
2: like." <laughs> I love Barnabas. I have no
1: desire to ruin a perfectly good piece of marble. Dogs have more sense. We <laughs> don't
2: make fools of ourselves like you do. Oh yes, you do, doggies. <laughs> you run around in circles until you throw up.
0: Or for uh, doggies, remember your favorite friend, the laser pointer?
2: <laughs>
0: well there's a great and there's a great moment
1: on the next page where he does give him chocolate and Barnabas acts so dog-like.
2: Hey, that was fun. Can
1: we do it again, please? Come on, please.
2: Oh my God, it was Also, why are you giving a dog chocolate? Yeah, I was kind of thinking that this was a weird choice. I know that you have to feed a dog a lot of chocolate to get them sick, but still, it's like such a commonly known thing that you don't do that. Are we just supposed to take from this that destruction is trying to destroy his dog or that he's super clueless or that we're just supposed to forget chocolate's bad for dogs?
1: Or he's super (laughs) clueless. I took from it that Barnabas is an uncommon dog, personally.
2: I okay. I did not take that didn't even occur to me to take that, but that's acceptable. I just wish that it was more I don't know. Just felt weird. And uh mm. but that's all right. Anyway,
1: <laughs> leave me to cook Barnabas, a culinary artist a culinary artist needs genius inspiration in a dog-free kitchen. <laughs> so you'll settle for one out
0: of 3? zing that is how you throw shade
2: (laughs) (laughs) um so dream and delirium are chilling out in nowhere and she's like I'm cold I kind of hate this he says well we really need to find our way to destiny so we're gonna need a maze and she's like ooh can I find it can I find it and he's like sure because destiny's the only guy they got left to talk to because all the people on her envelope that she made a list of are no good anymore Mm-hmm. And uh, they show up at this maze at this carnival that is like the creepiest thing. Um, really? it's ju- I just hate like the whole carnival. Uh, what's the name? Circus thing really freaks me out. And hmm. the faces on this also.
0: Yeah. With well, their individual speech bubbles. Uh, it, if you go in, you may never come out.
2: They reminded me of Boss Smiley. From the next book. So Mm, that I found alarming. Um, So, yeah, they go in there. It starts off as like the regular maze that everybody's in, and then it starts to change and it becomes stone walls. The people start to disappear. Then it's uh, like lush bushes. Then they're in woods and they come out in Destiny's garden, which uh, Dream does not enjoy. He's not a fan. But apparently that's just sort of the way of things, is that all the D's are not front fans of other D's realms. Um, right. Except Speaking for of other
1: D's. Death,
2: who is fine with everything.
1: That's right. Yeah, she goes where she wants to. But they see uh, Delight yeah. back in the day.
2: Dancing around, having gotten some um, some sacrifices, offerings, I guess.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, I was really pretty. It's like, oh, sweetie. She's just so sad. Um, yeah. And then Destiny, yes, you two arrive here now. Stop being so smug. <laughs> Good for you. You know what's going to happen. Can we get to the point now? It doesn't always have to be about you and what you know, dude. Come on. Uh, he's you like know.
0: Batman. He pops out of nowhere.
2: <laughs> right? Shoot. And... Um,
1: I I got feelings about Batman these days, Anton, as you will know. But we won't get into that <laughs> yes, right now. I know. Now.
0: I did not mean to do do it that way. But to be fair, though, <laughs> Destiny, Destiny does pop up a little like abruptly. It's like, oh, what are you doing there? Yeah. I was here, this entire time, as we as I as I foresaw, I was like, oh. That Our guy. brother told
1: us he was leaving.
2: Um. So yeah, he also, along with everyone else, is like, drop this shit. Don't do it. Go home. And Dream says. You have, I have to do this. You know that I do. And he's like, yeah, I do. And then he says, is there nothing else you can tell me? And destiny says nothing you would want to hear. She does not love you. And truly she never did. Ouch! Ouch. Oh, God. She will not change her mind no matter how long nor how deeply you wish that this were the case you will see her but one more time long after all this is over and the outcome of that meeting will not be satisfactory for either of you and poor <laughs> dream with his head bowed i did not wish to be told that <laughs> <laughs> well you asked me to tell you what you needed to know not what you wished to hear
0: oh my goodness can we have destiny write an advice column can let can he please take over dear abby
2: oh my god
0: <laughs> dear destiny
2: And Dream just, like, sinks to his knees and is, like, in the fetal position on the ground. This was heart-wrenching. Like, this illustration, the series of illustrations of him just, like, collapsed on the ground murdered my little heart, especially after having gone through a brutal divorce this past year. Mm. Ouch.
1: But he doesn't need, correct me if I'm wrong, but he doesn't sink to the ground until he hears, until Destiny reminds him about Orpheus, right?
2: It. He doesn't, but I really feel like it's just, I feel like the first thing that Destiny tells him was really, like, it's the reason why he's doing this now and that being reminded, oh, hey, you got to go talk to Orpheus, have fun with that, was just Mm -hmm. kind of the final blow that he was like, I just can't take this anymore. But I feel like this was much more to me about his heartbreak. And being told that's probably she just true. never loved you, which is just the harshest thing. That's probably true. Have you ever watched Mary I... met Sally? Yeah. Yeah. You know that line when he's talking about his uh, wife and he's like, well, we can still see each other like this is supposed to cushion the blow. And right. I'm like, the last thing I want to do is date my wife who's supposed to love me. And then it occurs to me that maybe she doesn't. So I ask her, don't you love me anymore? And she says, "I don't know if I ever loved you." And <laughs> his friend just goes, "Oh, that's hard."
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: was like that. Really, it reminded me of that. I was like, "Dude, Destiny, are you like uh, Billy? What's his face? Crystal? That's the one." Destiny that's is Billy one. Crystal.
1: Perfect casting for the Sandman movie, oh, like, right I there. Think Billy, so. Billy Crystal as Destiny. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, and yeah.
1: I love Delirium pulling herself together for a few minutes here. And
2: it is awful for her, apparently.
1: Yeah. Uh. It is
0: terrifying for everyone else.
1: But she goes, "Do do you know why I stopped being Delight, my brother? I do. There are things not in your book. There are paths outside this garden. You would do well to remember that. Fuck yeah.
2: I love when she acts Uh, because I was like, oh shit, okay. And then him being very patronizing, it is refreshing to see you so collected. And she just says, stick it. And I was like, fuck you. Nice. I love her.
1: That's right. Um, Coins have two sides. Destruction told us that when he told us he was leaving, but I knew it already. You did too.
2: Mm hmm. Um,. Yeah, so she has to, like, pull Dream up to his feet because he's just falling apart over here. Um, but, yeah, there was something about this. Like, we've seen him be super dramatic and emo before, but this just felt so much more real to me, I think, because it wasn't staged like the other times that he's done it, it's felt like it has to be on his terms. And he calls people to him and makes these announcements. And he's in <laughs> control of the situation. And here he just wasn't. And he was sort of at the whim of someone else. And that was way more real, you know?
1: Yeah. I I, I actually, I'm coming around to what you're saying about the collapse being really about the heartbreak. Because I'm just thinking about it now. It's like. Someone who you know for a fact, you can trust them what they say.
2: Yeah, exactly. You
1: know, it's like Destiny knows whether or not she loved you or not. She didn't.
2: Mm-hmm. It's like, oh. Yeah, it's one thing to be able to be like, well, what went wrong? But to hear right. like, no, it was a lie from the beginning. Just like, oh, yeah,
1: like it was never going to work out.
2: I just lived was, in a fantasy.
1: <laughs> it was in my book. It's not going to happen.
2: <laughs> it was, oh, man. Um, so destiny is looking at the past, and uh, although for him it's now, and the family is gathered around a table with destruction telling all of them that he's leaving, and all of their varied reactions.
1: Dream um, <laughs> blusters. <laughs> yes,
2: and delirium just looks really pissed. Uh, Desire is smirking.
0: Uh Delirium looks terrifying in that illustration of her from like 300 years ago.
2: She looks like an old lady.
0: Thing. She does! And then the way she's just holding that, she, she imagines if Cersei survives the series to grow to <laughs> old age, that's
1: what I to I, I was actually going to say it looks like what happens if young Cersei had like, you know, cause because of the way she's dressed, if like Cersei had gone through her entire character arc at like age 12.
2: Oh my god. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh.
1: It's like he's already a drunk by 13. Like
2: um,
0: <laughs>
2: And we go through uh, the dream king is returning in triumph of a kind from a far galaxy, tired beyond reckoning and tried beyond all endurance. His triumph is short lived from the darkness. Old voices call to him and he awakes in a glass prison in a deep cellar. So when he got trapped in the first volume, it was him returning from something, which I'm not and sure that we already... know what that is yet. Do we? Am I missing it, or do we not know? Not, oh, not that
0: I recall. Okay. It's actually, it's it's not a spoiler because uh, that's what the current Sandman in um uh, series is like. There's a new Sandman oh. series out. It's just exploring what happened to Dream that led him to get in prison so easily.
2: Oh, okay.
0: yeah. Um,
1: yeah I was gonna say because he's we know now that he was weak when he was captured; that he was really beyond endurance.
2: Um.
1: Like how people usually feel about his personality being beyond endurance. That was how he physically felt.
2: (laughs) Beyond endurance. The the Morpheus story. (laughs) Um, Okay, so then we see um, death being a mortal for a day, which we had heard was a rumor and Morpheus had never actually asked her if it was true.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right.
2: Apparently it is. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com.
0: Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: And uh, she is Yangtze River, China, right?
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. At the
2: geography. Sorry, everybody around the world. Who's okay. And also,
0: it's during a particularly tumultuous time period, which I appreciate because, oh, okay, death, you're going to spend your one time as a mortal around the time that there's a lot of genocide going on around this time period. Cool.
2: I mean, yeah, I guess if she's trying to be mortal uh, in order to appreciate what it is like to live and die. No better time than to be somewhere where everybody is dying. But, yeah. Um, So then there is this one, the Corinthian. Is he being punished by Morpheus after that little uh, serial convention? Because that's what this I, I took it to be, but I am unsure if this. I I don't know. Like it might be that he is being created also, but it's like everything is all white, including Morpheus. Well, th-
1: that's what throws me off. His dream being all white. It's yeah, like, that's, that's what makes me feel like this is a different, an earlier period. Um, but I'm not sure because no, he doesn't he doesn't torture him after he after the serial convention. He just he destroys him.
0: Yeah, and, and you I do mean, remember in a flashback. The Corinthian did show up with um dream when he met destruction. And like, was it the during the seventeen hundreds? Yeah, something like that.
2: I just thought because we see his skull later that maybe this was him just like destroying him and then. But I mean, doesn't he, he waste?
1: Doesn't he? Doesn't he waste him like right then and there in the convention though? Like, doesn't he I, pick up his skull?
2: I see. I've. Thought that maybe if he did that, he could, he was just like transporting him. Like, I'm going to mm. put you into this convenient little box, but we are going to talk later. You know? <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what this is. Um, so then Destiny reads, it was late afternoon when they reached the island. And then we go to, it was late afternoon when they reached the island. And the warm yep. air smelled of pine needles in the sea. So turns out that this oracle is Morpheus's son, orpheus and uh one of the guards meets them and is like the fuck are you doing here and in general unwilling to believe that they just walked because there's no way
1: <laughs> i love this sequence how did you get up here we walked you could not have walked here and nevertheless we walked and delirium's like but i'm a really good driver
2: delirium's little inserts here are so funny yeah
1: um
2: when she's talking about flavors of ice cream and one of them was like telephone
1: oh that's right
2: <laughs> what's a false move is it, very,
1: is it very different from a real one
2: and this guy is just ignoring her instead of being like what's with this girl he's just like let's just pretend she's not here
0: yeah. Greenhouse mouth ice cream was the worst <laughs>
2: um, so when Morpheus speaks apparently some of them hear Greek some of them hear English which is fun makes sense And uh, he goes and sees his son, but we don't see the conversation. We just see Delirium sitting outside eating cherries and playing with the pits. And uh, she's reading. uh, She says, Elf Lord Ivy, Vinegar Toad, Virgin Pilgrim, Kangaroo. (laughs) Okay. Okay.
0: You know, you know what it reminded me of? Oh, what's the name? That candy in Harry Potter the, that has all the different flavors. Oh,
2: Birdie Bots. Yeah, the Birdie Bots.
0: Oh, the every flavored beans? Yes. Yeah, so this one, it's the every flavored cherry, I guess. <laughs>
2: um, huh. And Morpheus comes out and just says, it's done. He told me where he is. And uh, she asks, are you okay? You're shivering. And he says, I find that difficult to believe. <laughs> <laughs> That is such a fucking great answer. Like, anytime anyone seems says something to me about how I seem, that is going to be my reply. <laughs> just completely ignore reality and my own perceptions and just be very distant and detached about it.
1: It's like, are you okay? Your eyes are red. Have you been crying? Like, you've been crying. And I, I find that very difficult to believe <laughs> in my head right now. Thank you, though. I, I'm actually
0: just fine. <sighs> I, I like how he also adds, he's like, okay, well, our question, um, our penultimate step. Uh, our quest has been concluded, and delirium adds, and nobody else got killed or exploded or anything.
2: <laughs> and he says, as you say. <laughs> um, and then he and leaves a flower out... on Joanna Constantine's grave before they go.
1: <laughs> yeah, turns out that the place Destruction's hiding out is like across the it's water. It's right, right there. So. It's in the next yeah. Island.
0: They're like, oh yeah. yeah, this guy who does really bad art and sculptures <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, we we kind of we kind of. he he moved here a couple of weeks
2: ago i want to imagine that he's been like making these terrible sculptures and donating them to these guys for their temple and they're like oh thanks
0: (laughs) throwing them in the ocean
2: (laughs) there's just these really awkward half-made statues all over the place he's been cooking
0: Uh, meals and they're all like yeah your couscous
1: is so good oh yeah Apparently, he's also been playing flamenco
0: guitar. So, you know. Oh my gosh, no wonder they can't sleep.
2: Right. <laughs> um, so they get rode across. And I have to say, I enjoy that we don't actually see any of the discussion between him and Orpheus. Like, we don't mm-hmm. see the reunion or anything. And I like that, because I just really couldn't be bothered. And then we go up the hill and meet Barnabas. And there is destruction with his black silhouette and glowing eyes looking all threatening except that he's like super nice
0: yeah <laughs> he's like would you like a home cooked meal <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, and he tells Delirium that she's pretty as ever and that she's grown and he tells Dream you've grown too and Dream says I find that hard to believe <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not likely
2: <laughs> and then he says, "You must have traveled a long way. I've made dinner. Come on in." And uh, to my eternal frustration, nobody seems to be eating anything that this man okay. has cooked.
1: I'm so glad that I'm not the only one because I'm like motherfuckers eat what he made. Look you. Look at
2: all of that. It looks glorious. There's it wine, looks so there's good. Bread. There's fruit and
1: but roast. is it really? But is it Durmades. Durmades.
2: I'm sorry, but I don't see how anybody can fuck up a salad. Well, actually, salads are extremely easy to fuck that up. So I take that back. But there's a lot of shit on there that I don't know how bad it could be. I mean, there's I, whole oranges. At least have a delicious orange that's grown on this beautiful island somewhere.
0: And surely he didn't fuck up the wine. Although knowing destruction and how he messed up poetry. He <laughs> culture.
2: He's like, I, you go know and make this wine really good? Some of these Kool-Aid packets.
0: <laughs> 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 like... Uh, apparently, it's a thing that the Real Housewives of New Jersey endorse, putting uh, putting Coke and and cubes of ice in your wine.
2: Yeah, yeah. sounds
0: oh. very New Jersey and therefore disgusting.
2: Oh, you know what I did by accident one time though. When uh, Owen and I were on our little vacation, we had we didn't have the best time. Things went very wrong, and um, we decided to drown our sorrows the first night we were there and go out to karaoke. And I, it was really loud in there because of the singing and I ordered, I wanted a diet Coke in one glass and a Malibu and pineapple in the other, but she misheard me and put diet Coke, Malibu and pineapple into one glass. And at the time I was like, Oh shit. But then I tasted it. That shit was good. I was shocked. Yes. So, all you kids out there, if you want to be cool like me, have a mistake drink. And it's pretty good. Yeah. If
1: you want to be cool like me, go through a whole bottle of whiskey in one night.
2: Miles, I've been meaning to talk to you about that, dude. Seriously. You need to, <laughs> you need to get some help.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It usually takes me two or three.
2: <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It was, it was, you know, it was two or three days. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, giant table of food that everybody's ignoring... Like jerks.
1: Seriously, just, it bothers me so much throughout. the I'm like, he keeps eating and keeps keeps offering you shit.
2: Yes. And he
0: makes like, try some of the fucking dessert. meatballs.
2: Baklava is a yeah. pain in the ass. You make somebody makes you baklava, that means they love you. That's what that means.
0: That's right. That's or right. it means that destruction really, really messed it up.
2: Or that, but you know, I'm gonna I'm going to err on the side of it being mediocre baklava. Not great, but you know, like. Yeah, I'm not going to turn my nose up at baklava.
1: As long as he followed like the recipe, I mean, he, he should have probably followed some more recipes when it comes to his poetry and sculpture. Frankly,
2: <laughs> let me so... get that
1: poetry recipe real quick.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why don't you try reading from the instructions first?
2: <laughs> he could, he does Mad Libs poetry the first like several decades that he's by himself. Finally, oh, catches on.
0: Sir. I would love to see every this other for open mic. <laughs> <laughs> Just singing about basilisks
1: and cockatrices.
2: Um so yeah, there the Barnabas is also talking about how he grew the herbs himself. Everything came up except the basil and the chives, because he dug them and up. The um and at this <laughs> point
1: And and the chives, but that was because somebody decided that the chive patch was an ideal location for bone burying. <laughs> And somebody said he wouldn't keep going on about a perfectly understandable mistake that anyone could have made.
2: <laughs> Listen, I'm pretty protective of my herbs. I would be pretty pissed, too. I'd find that hard to let go. <laughs>
1: I, I just love that exchange so much.
2: Um, and then Dream, like the eternal douche he is, is saying, I would really rather you made Barnabas leave the room. Like, really, dude? Come on. It's a fucking dog that talks and is cool. What's the problem? Like honestly, and she delirium is talking to him, and he's sort of like teasing her about being kind of a weirdo and not very smart. And she's like, "Ah yes, you must have grown."
1: Yeah, he must have grown on a particularly penetrating and incisive branch of the family tree.
2: And that picture of Morpheus with his hand on his forehead is so (laughs) great. Like, I am actually, right now with my phone, going to take a picture of that. And I'm going to post that after any of the terrible comments that I see on Facebook that make no sense and are ignorant and stupid. It's going to be Morpheus all the way.
0: Murphy's Law. Murphy's Law, yeah.
2: Picture taken. Okay, so they basically, he wants to know, like, what did you think was going to happen by coming here? Um, Well, first, Delirium tells the story of how they got there, kind of. She doesn't tell it in any order that makes sense or any of, like, the reasons they did anything. Just the highlights, like a little kid would talk about some crazy fairy tale they just read. And her appearance and again, keeps
0: changing as she keeps telling
2: yeah. me. Yeah. Yes. The
1: art, the art here is so good. Like on this page, I think, more than anything.
2: I really enjoy her when she has half her hair wild and the other half shaved. Mm-hmm. I feel like that epitomizes her in some ways. Um, and that moment where she said, um, then we went to Destiny's garden guarding and then Dream went all <laughs> spoggly and I had to pull me all... I I had to I had to be it hurt and dream looks so bombed
0: and her eyes are matched in that panel yes which they
1: were while she was doing it
2: um
1: and then we went over there and I ate some cherries and the stones said I was going to be a kangaroo
0: when I grew up and then we came here
2: I would totally be down to be a kangaroo actually I've heard they're kind of douchebags maybe not
0: <laughs> and they attack people's backyards and kick their crap.
2: <laughs> Actually, that's Apparently, awesome. Yeah. Never mind, I totally want to be a
0: And <laughs> After
1: this whole, like, this long explanation from Delirium, Dream is just like, as she says, we've been looking for you for some small time now.
2: <laughs> and then, again, Destruction's like, please eat something. And, again, they ignore him. Um, and... They talk about despair and the fact that she took on the mantle of somebody else. she said when she first became desire's twin, mm-hmm. i don't know about this. I'm very interested um, but yeah, Morpheus is saying it was not easy for any of us. It was the only time one of the endless had been destroyed, that another aspect of one of us had reassumed the position we all had much to adjust to, and so so is the Sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh uh, no! Uh, so the original despair was destroyed somehow, and then replaced an by aspect of desire replaced her.
0: I guess. So. Else, um, I think someone else, just some other, I guess, despair entity, um, assumed its position.
1: But it says it says another aspect of one of us had reassumed the position. And because he points out that it was when she first became Desire's twin, I feel like it was an aspect of Desire that replaced her.
0: Okay.
1: I could be wrong, though.
2: Um, yeah, I, this, like, for a second, what I thought they were saying was that she had had to become despair when he left, but then we had seen the flashback with the two of them together, so that's not it. Um... So, yeah, this is something that's really what he says is I eventually chose the course of action where he wouldn't have to um, have another person take up the mantle for him, that he was just going to end destruction as one of the endless altogether by taking the sigil and everything.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, what he says is that destruction still happens. He's just not directing how and when it happens. Mm -hmm. You know, so I don't know. It's it's his motivations are really interesting, and I'm not entirely sure what I think of them. Mm-hmm.
2: I think it's just like, I mean, it, it does sort of what he what is it that he says? He says we have no right at some point. I'm trying to find let's, a spot. Let, let's get, let's that. get there. Yeah,
1: why don't we get there? And then we'll talk more about it.
2: Um. So, yes, uh, you found me now. What? And delirium saying well obviously you're going to come back with us and everything's going to be awesome he's like i see (laughs) and you morpheus and he says i wish to uh because our sister desired company later it became a matter of honor um and then he was unhappy that she had died for nothing and uh destruction points out that 300 years ago you would have said she was simply mortal and would have died later had she not died then And Morpheus, I doubt I have changed that much. (laughs)
1: Whatever you say. He's the worst.
2: And meanwhile, Destruction's feeding meatballs to Barnabas because nobody else is eating meat. Who the fuck turns down meatballs? What kind of crazy monsters are these people?
1: Seriously. I suppose I had vaguely hoped that you would change my brother, that you'd notice that there were other people in the world.
2: (laughs) Fat chance. Burn. Um so yes this is when he says i'm sure it's still there he's talking about his realm in its fashion people and things are still created still exist are still destroyed they tear down and they build things still change the only difference is that no one's running it anymore um he says it's nothing to do with me any longer it's theirs they can make their own destruction it's not my responsibility and it's not my fault and uh they had talked about the fact that things have to be destroyed in order to be created. and
1: The two-sided coin discussion. Yes.
2: Yeah. Um, so I set up certain mechanisms when I left my realm for the last time. If there's a scrying pool, it tells me if anyone's looking for me. And there are also certain automatic functions that I set in place just before I left to impede anyone who might actually try to come after me. And Morpheus is like, um... It wouldn't happen to knock down brick walls and blow up people's ovens,
0: <laughs>
2: and he's like, mm, maybe. I'm sorry, but you know, shit happens.
0: Uh, you're uh, well. I mean, true to being the avatar or former avatar of destruction, of course his alarm is going to wreck some shit,
2: right? Yeah. Um.
1: Uh, my alarm wrecks all my shit.
2: Yeah. Right. So then he says, "How did you find me in the end?" And Dream says, "I spoke to my son." And he's like, oh, really? Just to find me? I'm flattered. Um,
1: <laughs> I love it. He says, uh, the last time I saw him, he reminded me of you, a romantic fool, self-pitying, but with a certain amount of personal charm.
2: <laughs> Bless him. Um,
1: and then they have a conversation where Dream's like trying to blame him for sending him on his little quest, on Orpheus on his little quest.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, this... Oh. Oh, and we must mention, too, that Delirium hates coffee.
1: (laughs) Hates Greek coffee, anyway. Well,
2: yeah. Um, (laughs) So, let's see. He was a child. He did not know what he wanted. It's something he has since had time to regret, which is just not fair. There are so many things that we have all since had time to regret, and that doesn't mean somebody else is to be blamed for them now, does it? That's right. But, you know... Whatever, he's feeling protective of his son and wants to blame somebody and doesn't want to admit that he's the worst father that ever lived or the worst father that never <laughs> lived. <laughs>
0: the worst so that never
1: was. Yes. The worst father that always lived.
2: Um,
1: he goes into that a little bit here. He says that as the universe came into being, destiny came with it. Before the first living thing came into existence, our sister was there waiting. And then Dream says, and when the first living thing awoke to life, I was also there.
2: You tell me nothing new. he's like i'm trying i'm getting there (laughs) and this is when they go outside with that gorgeous two page spread of the night sky that's
1: That's a great image this beautiful
2: looks like an entirely different artist like, it looks like it's done with watercolors or something. It's really beautifully done. I mean,
0: I'm sure she's, um, she has access to different medium, but it does look like yeah. a children's book panel, you
2: know? For sure. That's exactly what I thought, that it looked like a children's I book.
0: I love the crappy statue is
1: still there. Yes. Outside the house. It's being
2: real awkward up in the background. <laughs> um,
1: and then this this... Everything he says here is so fucking depressing. Like, I... In in a way, I have, like, I love destruction because, you know, because of who he is and the fact that he had the balls to be like, no, I'm not doing this anymore just because I've always done this forever, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know? But on the other hand, the speech that he's talking about, when he talks about how it's not his responsibility, not his fault anymore, it just feels very much like putting your head in the sand and running away,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know? I don't know if I'm misreading that, but... This whole speech he has, I can pretend that things last. I can pretend that lives last longer than moments. Gods come and gods go. Mortals flicker and flash and fade. Worlds don't last. And stars and galaxies are transient fleeting things that twinkle like fireflies and vanish into cold dust. But I can pretend.
2: Yeah, I think, well, I mean, it's what um, Delirium says a minute later is not knowing everything is all that makes it okay sometimes.
1: Yeah. And that's
2: sort of the,
1: that's a great line. I
2: think there's a line in another book where they're talking about destiny and that we have to just pretend that things are within our control or else die of despair. Mm -hmm. Um, which if you believe in destiny, I mean, what else is the, if there's no free will, then what's the point? And if you think what's the point, then why bother? Like it it is ultimately, if you believe in destiny, a very depressing thought. I don't believe in destiny personally. (laughs) I think that things
1: he believes in (laughs) Unita.
2: I don't think he does. (laughs) I think he's given up on me. You're in his book. He's way too smug and he's heard me say so. And he's just like, fuck that bitch. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I just, I feel like. I understand what you mean about hiding his head, but I also think that it's him being like, well, if we're all going to pretend that we don't know everything, I'm going to really fucking pretend. Why should I bother playing this role instead of just doing what I want to do? Which to me, like, it's kind of hiding his head, but it's also facing up to it. Well, yeah, that's
1: what I mean. I can't I can't decide if it's courageous or
0: cowardly.
2: I think it's courageous. I also like the fact that, you know, since he brought up
0: the fact that we are two sides of, 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 two, uh, of, you know, there are more to our aspects than just what they're explicitly stated. So I like how instead of being, continuing this active role of being the avatar of destruction, he's trying out creating things for a change.
2: Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought yeah, about the fact that point. he's creating. But, which even though, you know, he
0: yes, medi- mediocre poetry and sculpting <laughs> possibly cooking. But hey, you know, at least got to give him... a I'll give him points for trying. That's true.
2: I don't know how I missed that, but thank you, Anton. Cause yeah, yeah. obviously he's like spending all of his time doing creative stuff because he had not done that at all before. Ever. At-
1: That's right. And that explains why he's so bad at it too. Right?
2: Yeah. Um,
1: so maybe that meal wasn't very good, but still <laughs> you'd be polite. Damn it. Um, Eat your fucking dolmades.
2: And this is when he says the endless are merely patterns. Uh, their ideas, wave functions, repeating motifs, echoes of darkness, and nothing more. We have no right to play with their lives, to order their dreams and their desires. And even our yeah. existences are brief and bounded. None of us will last longer than this version of the universe. And I Except death. It, maybe. He says, so we maybe. suppose. Yeah. Um which I think like, I think that it is courageous. I think that it's them trying to pretend that there is some order in this chaos by taking on these aspects and acting like there's things within their control. And he's like, it's not. It happens, yes, but it will continue right. to happen whether we're here or not. And I'm not going to pretend to be in control of this anymore, which I think, I think is kind of awesome.
1: I, I agree. And I think actually that's, that that's kind of what really does it for me in the end is this idea that because I felt this way, I know probably we all have, you know, is that when he says, um, when he's talking about his conversation with death and he, you know, he he says, uh, why does it seem like none of us endless or mortal ghost or God knows what we're doing? And that's, that, I think that's like the key point because this whole thing, what he's saying, which I think we can relate to real life is you've got this world and these lives and nobody knows what's fucking going on. No, But if if you actually try and live your life accepting of the fact that it's all meaningless and no one has any idea of what they're actually doing, you will go insane.
2: Well, it's like, it's kind of, it's weird because then there's like the Buddhist theology that the only way to really live and not give in to despair is to not have attachment to things. Which is the flip side of that coin. So you just have to find that balance of like appreciate every moment and every now, but also don't be attached to it, which is like the most difficult thing I've ever heard of in my life.
1: Well, and what he's saying is don't be attached to how you think the world works.
2: Right. Which is just, I mean, that's just another form of attachment. Attachment is attachment, whatever form it takes. But, yeah, I mean, being attached to ideas and ideologies and objects or whatever, it's the same thing. But, yeah. um, Deep, yo. It's real deep.
1: It is, actually. (laughs) I mean, like, you say that, but I actually do think that this is a pretty intense conversation. Oh, it is. With real ramifications when you think about it. It's like... You know, we're we're looking at we're, not to bring this up again, but given our current, you know, potential Trumpdom in uh, a Don't year or so,
2: pretend that that's going to happen because I will not hear about it.
1: All right. But I'm just saying it's like, you know, <laughs> we've got all these people who, you know, think they really have a good grip on things. And if you ask them why they think that it's just they, they don't even know why you're asking like mm-hmm. because I do because that's how I that's how the world works.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, some people like who have the same temperament of destruction are going to be saying actually that's all in your head you made that up. Mm-hmm. I understand why you made it up because to do otherwise would be kind of you know crazy. But you made that up.
2: I mean, I f- I flatter myself that I can be pretty open to certain different ideas, but that doesn't mean that when they're first presented to me, I don't balk and go, what the fuck? I mean, right. I, am, I am very quick to spot when something is, is quasi-sexist or racist or just kind of saying something without saying anything now. You? But meet me three years ago, four years ago, I was the one saying shit like that and getting mad when Brendan would call me out on it. Hmm. So like, I know what it's like to be that person and be like, how are you making this into such a big deal? Because in your heart, you understand that maybe it is, but you just don't want to see it because one, it's inconvenient because you just want to make the joke you want to make. And two, then that means you're going to have to look at everything else. And that's just so much energy. And I don't want to, you know, so
1: much of this speaks directly to dream. And I think that, you know, what you were just saying about how you you don't sometimes you don't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't want to dig deep and actually think about it because it leads to a tidal wave of thinking about everything else in your life.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And so I think what's really interesting about Brief Lives is that it turns out to be the story, in my opinion, of how Dream came to the decision to kill his son,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, came to actually go and talk to him and, and reach that point. Um, anyway, so th- this this is a vital conversation for that to happen, I think.
2: Um, and it,
0: it's interesting because it it definitely plants a seed in I suppose delirium and dreams mind that they don't have to keep on being this prescribed role that they assume was you know unchangeable. Mm-hmm. Right. Even though they already it's already there's apparently been a precedent already that one of them has been destroyed and replaced by another aspect.
1: And delirium, of course, has changed.
0: Yes, she's changed. She's never. She has. She didn't stay the same. So that's.
2: And she says change again, like she does in the beginning of the volume with the. Oh, that's lady. right.
0: Oh yeah.
1: What's that word for? When it's th- things aren't like they used to be.
2: <laughs> um, and let's see, my brother, there is no one like you. You have also changed more than even you know. I suspect. Um. To which J replies, I, so- I would find that hard to believe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's a like. i I'm sad about when he says, you know, I was really rather enjoying my time here before you two being looking for me. I know, right? Like, man, you guys
2: had to fuck it right up. He's like, I was on vacation, <laughs> but now I have to go back to work. Uh, he
1: also says to Delirium, I trust that when your next change comes, it proves easy on you.
2: Yeah, which is alarming yeah? to her clearly
0: yeah
2: um so let's see he said there's nothing i can give save this my brother my advice remember what i did remember that i left remember how hard it was for me to leave and that it was not your fault and uh he claims that he never blamed himself and destruction's like no and then just moves right along <laughs> good for you destruction for not arguing with him because it's just a pointless <laughs> exercise
1: yeah he knows
2: um and then he packs his stuff up he takes his vigil going... and his uh his pool of his alarm pool and yeah. wraps it up in a handkerchief which is like the coolest i love how small that gets
1: and dream gives him a black handkerchief and he's like oh black polka dot. <laughs> polka dot.
2: I was thinking, um, like a plaid one, but I guess polka dots is really the more traditional one, isn't it?
1: Yeah, for that for that uh, particular archetype, yeah. Yeah. And he gives uh, Barnabas to Delirium.
2: Oh yeah, which was so cute, and I almost like I'm worried for Barnabas because I'm not sure how he's going to deal with that, but maybe he'll be a nice grounding influence for Delirium, and it'll help keep her from flying off the handle so much. I don't know.
0: I
1: like. That. And what does she say? Go ahead.
0: Oh, uh, hold on. I'm trying to find the panel or the. Is it a. But I don't have a leash? Wait, hold on. <laughs> I can't look after a doggy. You misheard him. I get to look after you.
1: <laughs> That's oh, right. Oh. <laughs> and then he says that delirium should be allowed out off a leash. <laughs> but I'll do what I can.
2: Um. Oh, bless. Um, okay, so let's see. He wraps his stuff up. He says, uh, be good, look after her to Barnabas. I'll miss you. And then and he says, ah, oh, yes, yeah, you'll miss the poetry readings, the paintings, the late night flamenco guitar recitals. And Barnabas says, that's right. Go on. Try to make me feel better.
1: <laughs>
2: um, and then he steps up into the sky and floats up and out. away. Um, and dream goes to kill his son yep so the way he kills his son is still very puzzling to me um but we'll get there in a second he hardly slept this night at one point he drifted off into a dream in which he was teaching his grandchildren to sing a song his children had loved his wife stood behind them and smiled indulgently i was so lost right here um what was that
1: Oh, I just, uh, you, were, you were lost? That's his, he drifted off into a, a dream in which his wife hadn't died instantly, and they had kids, and they had kids, and he'd grow old with them, and just, my feeling is take them away.
2: Aww. Aww. Heartbreaking. I thought that this was...
0: Oh, you thought that this was, um, what's her name, Calliope?
2: No. Oh, okay, you know what? I thought, nope, I'm lying. I got you. I got right. this, not, I... I didn't think that um, on the first reading. Right now, I got this confused with the dream that he like hijacks to tell the guy, "Hey, you're not. You don't oh, need to take care of his head anymore." It
1: was oh, yeah, that's that later helped. on. It works. This is Orpheus's dream. Yeah,
2: right, right.
0: Oh my gosh.
2: Um, cold. Somebody's sawing the wood. Sorry, I was scratching my foot.
1: Oh. <laughs> Well, oh, no, I missed. <laughs> really?
2: Yeah. Well, I wasn't reaching down to scratch it because then my mouth wouldn't be by the mic, so I was rubbing my foot on the the leg of the table, <laughs> which I did not realize was that loud all the way up to my microphone, but apparently it is.
1: It literally sounded like you just randomly decided to saw a piece of wood half <laughs> for no reason. My
2: bad, sorry. Um, and, yeah, she wants to go in and say goodbye. At first... Uh, Morpheus doesn't want to let her, but she points out like, I went to his wedding. Come on. And she just dances in and goes, um, well, I just came to say, and now I'm going away again now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, and at this point, Morpheus comes in, uh, says, yeah, we found him. He was most, much the same, but we don't always accomplish what we set out to do. And, uh, Mother came to me last year. She said she had been imprisoned and that you freed her. You have changed since the old days. I doubt it. <laughs> Fucking <here>.
1: stop. <laughs> wow.
2: Um, so he says that he's scared to die. That he has been wanting to die for a long time and yet now that it's time, he's afraid. And um, Morpheus picks him up Kisses him on the head, and then what? Shoves his fist through his eyes? Well, like his eyes look his... fine the next picture, so.
1: Yeah, when he pulls his hand away, there's no, like, hole. Mm-hmm. So I feel like maybe he did, like, a shadow cat kind of deal.
0: <laughs> his face through and just murdered your brain.
1: Yeah, like, you know.
0: There's blood on his hand, though, so you know what it made me think? I was just, like, some Hannibal Lecter level type you know shoved his hand down the throat or something i that's, don't know
2: that's like at first i thought like did he shove his hand somewhere but it's clearly in the profile through the eyes so it's
0: i think he i think it
2: was yeah. just like yeah he like just merged through and
1: you reached in through his skin and like crushed his brain in this fist like you do
2: no what's the big deal yeah. guys let's not focus yeah. on this um, and yeah, I I like that these this whole like section is mostly like black and white or very pale pastels except for the blood. And when he goes outside, he's dripping blood, and they uh, little flowers spring up everywhere. A drop fall, yeah. which is just yeah. gorgeous.
1: I gotta say, I could do without the like panel with the onk like prominently. Like okay, we get it, right? Like, it really, the the symbol for death like taking up a quarter of the
0: page. Come on.
2: I don't mind it. I mean, I get what you're saying.
0: But it did feel a little Mortal Kombat fatality scene. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Um, and yeah, he comes outside dripping blood from his hands. And uh, I, it was what he wanted. His life and death were always his own. Um, and he said if he had listened, but he did not listen. He died long ago when the Sisters of the Frenzy tore his body to shreds and threw his head into the hebris. Um, Why are
1: both his hands covered in blood?
2: I don't know. Like, it really, the whole blood thing really just doesn't make any sense in a lot of ways, but Hmm. I'm alright with it. I mean, the body
0: has a lot of blood in it, but not the head. The only thing left (laughs) of Orpheus after all this time is just one head there's just be one symb- head
2: left god
0: it could be symbolic
2: yeah there's blood on your hands yeah um and then despair pops up naturally and is like
1: dream is despairing right
2: and is like so how's our brother is he good Did he say anything about me he spoke of you fondly sister oh good and I love that Delirium's like, he shaved his beard off. And she's like, but I liked the beard. That's just <laughs> the kind of conversation that you have about people you haven't seen in a long time.
0: Yeah. That's right. And I like how the despair, because so the blood keeps on dripping and starts making more flowers everywhere around Dream. And <laughs> just starts kind of just like, ew.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ew. <laughs> ew. Uh, flowers.
2: Um, so Dream says that he's going to go. And uh, Delirium thanks him and he disappears. And then Despair is talking to Delirium and says, like, maybe I should have gone with you. And she's like, you said so when I asked. You said so? I think I'm going to go home now. Like, (laughs) oh, snap. So she gathers up Barnabas into her arms and then she fades away.
1: Come on, doggy. We're going to my place. It's very interesting. You'll like it unless maybe you don't.
2: (laughs) Um... And Despair's hanging around. Soon soon the priests of Orpheus will wake, will come up here here to see their charge. For thousands of years, for hundreds of generations, they have tended him, guarded him, hidden him. Soon they will wake and see him. Oh, she's just waiting for them to be all sad. And she's carrying her blood flowers um, and brings one to Desire. Yep. And Desire is is thinking about the fact that while she, he despises dream in many ways that they can't feel help, but feel sorry for him.
1: Well, I I love this because desire has just gotten everything it wanted.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, cause we, he, yep. or uh, it's talked about making dream spill family blood before and whatever that would do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's, presumably a big part of its plans to destroy him because that was the whole deal with Rose too, right? Mm-hmm. Make make Dream kill a family member. Um and but now that it's happened completely independently of desire's plans, it's just like so uh, satisfying. Yeah. It's gonna suck for the guy, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and Desire is like, so you're happy? No, I'm scared. And then they hold hands. Oh. So am I that was really interesting and amazing actually because I do like this these small moments where, where desire isn't being a prissy asshat. <laughs> Seems to really only happen with despair.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, you know, twinsies, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I
2: like the fact that it's really a great, it's like such a I don't want to say cliched, but like a really classic fable sort of moment where you get what you want and it's just not satisfying like somebody who's been seeking <laughs> revenge for years and years because somebody was killed that they loved and they finally get their revenge and then they suddenly realize oh n- it makes no difference i don't feel any better actually that's right um so yeah i liked this um so dream goes to see andros who is the uh oldest priest that was tending or uh, orpheus's head and he there's a little description of three gods um, who wish to rule in dreams domain who plan to feed on dreams and take all the power of dreams for their own mm-hmm. from the skull and spine of the oldest dream his helm from the tusks of the middle God he carved a gate through which the commonality of dreams could travel and from the horns of the youngest he carved a gate that he reserved for true dreams Um.
1: This because he had some little regard for her and had perhaps in some small measure regretted the course of action he had found necessary. In other words, he caused somebody else to fall fucking in love with him or some shit.
2: In other words And ruined that relationship bag. too. And then later on was like, maybe I was possibly kind of <laughs> I could have in somebody's perspective been less than kind. It's possible.
0: How I mean, I like amend things. Um I I know. Since I killed her already, I'm going to immortalize her <laughs> her, her, her remains in this. Turned her, turned her
1: horns into a gate.
2: <laughs> um. So it shows him like floating over Andrus's head and telling him like, you know, you guys can stay on the island if you want, but the head is gone and it's not your responsibility anymore. I'm the one who created your priesthood and it's now at an end. And um, so bury you can do whatever you wish. And yeah, bury the head, but don't leave a marker. And then he goes home and the doors are like, is that you? And he's like, well, that's a weird question. Don't you know me by now? Basically. And the guy's (laughs) like, uh, sorry. It was just, and he's like, don't trouble yourself. And then he says, you guys have been such great employees. (laughs) Do you know how much I appreciate all of your hard work? Here's a bonus. Take the rest of the day off.
1: And they're like, what the fuck is going on here? He
2: goes through the door and the two of them talk to each other. Is he all right? I love that moment so much. It's like when Scrooge is being nice. Yeah. And, uh,
1: and he's nice to Nuala too. Yes.
2: And Nuala's like all hunched over ready for him to like yell at her or hit her. Yeah. Um. And... and- sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh, he sees that she's got the pendant that his lover gave her. And he's like, you know what? Just keep wearing it. Fine.
2: Yeah, that was like I didn't I knew that it must have been something from recently, but I didn't get. So that was where it was from was from the girl who just dumped him. Yeah. Okay. I like it.
1: At the very beginning of Brief Live, she's all like uh, paranoid because she wants to keep wearing it. But now he's pissed off about her.
2: Oh, okay. I've forgotten about that. Yeah um okay so let's see and then he says lucian i'm i'm back i'm going to be going to my quarters for the rest of the day tomorrow i will resume my responsibilities but for tonight i'm just going to chill um
1: go to bed get a bottle of wine take a bath watch a friends marathon (laughs) you know
2: i really love how he's talking about um there's some whom we saw who had already fled. The Alderman is probably being a bear. <laughs> I just no love thing. that so much. What? I was just saying, ain't no just being a bear. Just, just,
0: I just do hanging it just out every being a bear. Chilling out, being
1: a bear. Um, bear Tuesday. Might, might put some armor on at some point. Go ride around fighting some moors.
2: <laughs> nice. Think what's up
1: now? Oh, nice.
2: Um, and he also tells Lucian to find Ishtar so that he can give her the message from his brother. Um...
0: And like the flames were kind of like flickering into her form her dancing form.
2: Yes. And, uh, there are some who have aided me on my journey. Pheromon, the lady Bast, a dead human named Ruby. They must be suitably rewarded, which I enjoy also. I want to see what their rewards are. Damn it. Um, and then that he's going to, uh, send messengers to let everyone know they can come back. But for right now, this can wait. So, We go to Lucien and uh, Merv setting up another annex. They're going to have another room just for the guidebooks to countries and cities that never existed. The Crypto Geographica. Yes.
0: Kadas, which is a H.P. Lovecraft reference. That's right.
2: Wait, what is
0: Neverland? Oh, Kadas. It's like um, it's in one of the books because there's, it's underneath um, poet. Test me. I think. Oh,
2: it's on the like the. It's on the stack. Yeah, it. yeah, it's so the huge stack.
0: Sorry, because I mean, there's
2: a flora.
1: lot of flora. You see, flora of Neverland. Yeah. Like a biological oh, textbook. Yeah.
2: One it's... night in Baghdad, huh? Sardathrian.
1: Sardathrian. I don't know what that is.
2: I'm going to guess that that is the uh, sequel to Samarillion.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's the sad thing is that's like. Probably. Right.
2: Like
1: I'm going <laughs> to give you like 40% chance of that being right.
2: Um, so he asks uh, Lucien, like, so is he all right? Is there going to be more rain? And <laughs> double checks that he's not around before he starts right, talking right. again. Um, and then says he's just got no experience with real life. And we see Dream walking into his cavernous living room with this like white amazing couch. Yeah. Everything's white. And he goes and washes his hands in a bowl of water and is staring at the water and swirls it around and sees the past. You should have gone to her funeral. Why? To say goodbye. I have not said goodbye to Eurydice. You should, you are mortal. It is the mortal way you attend the funeral. You bid the dead farewell. You grieve. Then you continue with your life. And at times the fact of her absence will hit you like a blow to the chest and you will weep. But this will happen less and less as time goes on. She is dead. You are alive. So live. And then we see him say, so live. And he sits down in this, instead of on his giant dramatic sofa, which I was surprised by, into a very modest <laughs> little armchair off to the side and just seems super, super sad. And I'm assuming is crying.
1: I'm pretty sure. It's sad. I mean, we see him. It looks like that time when he's saying, so live, he's already crying.
2: Mm-hmm. He's,
1: he's, he's mourning himself. It's a son. He just killed the son for God's sake.
2: It's really, I really wish that people had, there's no real way to explain it to somebody, but I wish i had had more warning about how annoying grief is because <laughs> it's just so unpredictable. Like, having lost my dad and my grandmother and then the very next year getting divorced from Brendan, I have had a lot more loss in my life recently than I have ever had. And there are so many times when I expected to be very upset by something. Like I was going to go somewhere where I was going to see people or see some place that reminded me of somebody or somebody gave me a gift that used to be theirs. Something that I expected that I would get emotional over. And I just didn't. And I felt like, Am I a shitty person? Do I just not care? Like, I thought I cared. What the fuck is the matter with me? And then something later, somebody would just say something, like a phrase that my dad had used to say. Or I would hear somebody laugh, and it was just like Brendan's laugh. And it was like I couldn't breathe. All of a sudden, it's just out of nowhere, like he says, like a blow to the chest, like you're doubled over. Almost a panic attack sort of reaction because you're so bewildered. Where the fuck is this coming from? And I wish that people talked about that more because it makes you feel like you're crazy. You're like, it's been ages. i I went to my dad's funeral and I didn't even cry the whole funeral. I didn't cry. Not one time. Mm. I was laughing actually, because I was cracking a bunch of jokes because my dad would have hated that funeral so much. <laughs> and so I just couldn't help, but like kind of make jokes about it because it, that's how I cope with things is I make jokes. And So I just, you know, at times I felt like, well, I didn't cry at my dad's funeral, so I guess I'm just not going to grieve that much. But I did. It was just in totally different and unexpected ways. And, uh, yeah, that's just something that I saw, like – an illustration on tumblr where somebody's like what we think grief is and they have like a diagonal line like going slowly uphill and then they're like how grief actually is and it's a twisted twirly line going in every direction that makes (laughs) no sense and i was like yes because it really doesn't and there are still times where i'm mostly fine and then something will happen and i'll just like lose it you know and it's just
0: random triggers
2: yeah it's really weird Yeah, And I find I cry more easily now than I did before. I didn't cry in front of people ever. And it wasn't like it was because I was afraid of crying in front of people. It was just like a reaction that I was like, no, I cry when I'm alone, when I have the freedom to cry as much as I want. I'm not going to half cry in front of people. I'm going to really cry later. And now at work, I have to deal with all of these elderly people who have just lost their wives and husbands or children and they come in with these like blank faces looking bewildered like they just don't know how to feed themselves anymore like they're in they're like they're sleepwalking and they're talking to me about how do i take my husband's name off of my checking account in this voice that's just so detached and it just murders me and i've had to run and back more than once at work, and just cry out of nowhere when I know I wouldn't have done that a couple of years ago. So I feel like I just have a more acute reaction to other people's grief now because it's just like, you know, remind. I mean, it's
1: yeah, and age.
2: There's that too, you but know, I, mean, I mean, age. It, having had your own loss is part of aging, you know.
1: That's exactly, that's what I'm saying. Is yeah. that experience is one of the reasons that I think it's easier for for older folks to go there is because they've had that loss. Um, Archbishop Desmond Tutu says that he cries easily, but it's okay because he laughs easily too. Mm. So,
2: Ugh. There was one, my particular favorite that I'll never forget was this lady who she had just lost her husband and she, she was saying, you know, well, I'm going to have to get his name taken off my account, but she was much less like flipped out, it seemed, than some people were. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. And she said, well it's all right. We were together for about 30 years and we had a wonderful time. And she just said it. And she was like, so sincere. And so Hmm. it was such a happy, but so sad moment. And I just like, whoa, I completely lost it. I barely held it together for the rest of that transaction before I ran him back. And I repeated it to the other girls who were working in the back line. And they all started crying too. And I was like, I'm sorry guys. I had to spread the pain.
1: (laughs) I heard something similar from someone recently whose wife of twenty years had left him, Ugh. and he was trying to cope with that. And he was like, "But you know what? It was a great twenty years. Mm-hmm. It was really awesome. I never thought it was going to end, but looking back at it now, it
2: was pretty great." <laughs> I, that's all you can do, I guess. You know. Yeah. Um.
1: Anyway, anyway so then we get like well, gone little... a total depressing direction for this.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's super August. depressing.
1: Yeah, it's true. And I feel like this is the first book. time
2: we've really seen him grieve in, like, real ways. This, Oh, absolutely. You know?
1: um, never, I don't think we've ever seen him grieve, period.
2: Yeah, I mean, we've seen him do what he thinks is grieving. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> and it's always, it's, it, he's never had to do this, ever.
2: hmm So, it's yeah, not, I think yeah, that funny. Merv was actually much more right on than he even yeah. knows.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so we briefly revisit some of our supporting cast throughout Brief Lives, which I kind of love.
2: Yeah, Mary Canby, who yeah. is the woman that uh, Delirium was with at the beginning.
1: A industrial accident in my
2: foot. Oh, this is super sad. Um, and she is in a churchyard that her son was buried in. Um, and she is drinking and throwing the bottles at Tombstones and crying and then chloe russell who uh her cat was replaced with a persian kitten i don't remember chloe who is this
1: she was airplane on the girl. airplane
2: oh oh yeah that
1: sometimes sense. in my dreams i remember how to fly
2: yes and her mother's boyfriend's bmw ran over her stray cat and he bought her a persian kitten and seemed surprised that chloe was not delighted oh my God.
1: This is such a throwaway little bit, just like end of Chloe Russell's story. But that exact setup is such a prominent thing in The Ocean at the End of the Lane.
2: Is the, that another the, one of these books? or It's
1: another one of Gaiman's books. Oh, okay. Uh, I, as I recall, Owen and I disagree on its quality. But uh, we disagree on the quality of a lot of things.
2: Except for but... me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize uh, anyway. that that was her, though. That's awesome. Yeah, I yeah. I didn't put that together at all.
1: And so it's just interesting to me that the cat being crushed under the wheels of your parents' car and their, like, boyfriend or whatever, somebody else, some stranger, buys you a new cat and it's like nothing at all. It's not a replacement and you can't understand why they're like, don't you love it? Right. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's a big part of Ocean at the end of the lane.
2: Um, and then we go to Danny Pax, who I just cannot help but laugh at still that you just (laughs) brought people into his house and was like look at my father's secret life i would be so paranoid that my dad was some sort of like criminal that everything we owned would be repossessed if somebody found out about what he had done and i would never be showing people that stuff he was very trusting that whatever his dad had been doing didn't bleed over into his daily life don't Um, you think dream might have had something to do with that though maybe, but we didn't see evidence of that, so yeah. I don't really feel like that's true. Maybe not. Um, And he keeps a couple of the uh, passports for himself, which I think that's is true. very smart.
1: Totally should do that. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: And then we see
0: Tom Clarity,
2: <laughs> oh, <no>. who still <laughs> thinks he's being covered by insects, and it's the saddest thing I've ever seen. I really... It's an
0: asylum.
2: I want delirium to go back and fix him please (laughs) a horrible fate
0: or i don't know something somebody from the dreaming is probably gonna show up and be like there it's eve i hope it's eve that shows up someone comforting at least
2: oh god
1: it's his own fault he pulled her over for driving like a crazy person
2: yeah yeah he really shouldn't have been doing his job the fuck dude and then tiffany and she is on a talk show <laughs> about how her uh the palace of sin was destroyed, so, kind of like Sodom and Gomorrah interjects the show's host, and of the angel who appeared to her and gave her an Armani jacket to cover her nakedness and told her that she was saved. I love that so much. And I uh, really enjoy the next scene of uh Desire floating inside the eyeball.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's um, right.
2: Who would yes. be darkly amused to hear itself described as an angel?
0: <laughs> Desire's
2: thoughts are private. It holds a small red flower very tightly. Aw. Desire has the feels.
1: That's. Desire is the feels. <laughs> <I> <laughs> desire is the feels.
2: Um, and then Andros and his uh, sons, and. Are they all his sons, or are they all. Stuff?
0: I think. Son and son and son-in-law.
2: They are. D-
1: I thought it was grandson and son-in-law. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. Grandfather says, um, and they're burying Orpheus's head, and uh, and then. He says, some, "There's perhaps a spirit will move into the cherry tree, and in the spring, the new blossoms will be his, and in summer, the cherries will taste of true poetry and song, and when Andros tastes them, he will feel young again. No, Andros knows he will not live to see the tree blossom again. It is going to be a beautiful day. Ugh, break my fucking arm, why don't you? The end. The end. <laughs> Go cry in a corner. Yep. Love, Neil Gaiman. Amen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hope you enjoyed my story. Uh, by enjoyed, I mean wanted to tear out
2: your hair over. Right. Um. Yeah, man, that is some. That is hard. I hate. I I it. like. I loved it, but it is super sad at the end.
0: Three Lives is so good. It was one of my. It's probably one of my favorites, if not my favorite, out of the later editions, like later storylines as we get closer to the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I think it's I enjoy it more than Doll's House and Game of You personally and the the preludes and nocturnes as well.
2: Yeah, I think that so far this is my favorite. I think out of all of them,
1: uh, I just have I got I got a thing for Season of Mist. So
2: um,
1: the, the devil and the key to hell,
2: I just I have a thing for that annoying try to enjoy the moment, but not too much. Like that has been something that I've struggled with having been like brought up with a very Christian father and a very not Christian mother (laughs) that they both had such different ideas on how you should behave. And one of them was follow the rules. And the other one was rules. What does that even mean? The universe is random and blah, blah, blah. Like, just the two ideas and they each have their weird merits in these certain ways, but they don't, neither of them is really the answer. And you kind of, you have to find, pick your way between them without going straying too far to one side or the other. And it's really tricky. And I don't always know what the best answer is. And I like the fact that that's like really addressed here. And that destruction is not just because It's funny, when we first met, when we first go to hell and meet Satan, I was disappointed because hell was just so much what I expected, like, somebody would think hell would look like, that Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, really? Well, I guess hell's just gonna be hell and people are getting tortured. Okay, I guess. Then later on, we find out that it isn't as it looks at all, that they aren't torturing these people, these people are asking for it, that Satan doesn't want this job that this is just a real bummer for everybody involved. But on the surface, <laughs> it looked like, well, this is just the most like cliched version of hell. I guess that's what we're going to go with.
0: But right. new hell though, new hell is Canyon
2: Ranch. Right. That's right. <laughs>
0: but hell not is yet, new hell. Is you, walk but then, in and you are greeted by two beautiful angels that will soon escort you to your <laughs> chamber.
2: But with <laughs> destruction, I expected because hell had been so like on the nose I thought destruction would be that way too. And when you first meet him and he's huge and very warrior-like, I was like, well, I guess he is. But then he's like super jolly and doesn't want his job. So I really enjoyed the destruction because that's something that I really get frustrated by is people in general, like throughout history and everything, have been so afraid of things ending And it's something that I get really annoyed by with like apocalypse movies or like even Buffy and stuff when they're like, oh, somebody's going to bring around the end of the world. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, so let it end. (laughs) And that was something that I loved about spoilers for Halloween movie, Cabin in the Woods. But sometimes things should end and they just need to. And that's fine. And it doesn't not hurt just because it's necessary doesn't mean it's like easy. But I feel like all of these stories and things like we're fighting against destruction the whole time, and destruction's not always a bad thing. And it really like can piss me off when we take that attitude. And I was so happy that destruction is much more how I see destruction in general as a character, and much more philosophical about the whole thing. I I I, I loved it. So this like was way into my wheelhouse.
1: I completely agree with your perspective and i just have to say that cabin in the woods is probably the greatest horror movie ever made
2: it really is like honestly it's so fucking good and that's if you actually... haven't seen
0: cabin in the woods guys i, I want to watch it again just talking about it i think it's still on netflix i'm not sure i do know that avengers 2 will be on netflix on the subject of joss whedon
2: is it yeah. really gonna be on oh wow okay. yeah.
0: it's gonna be next uh tuesday in not
2: America. that i haven't seen it six times already but so, you know, you
0: know saying that I was already joking with some of my friends when I saw the news. I was like, "Man, Marvel is really cashing in on that Netflix and Shield phenomenon."
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Well, we're going get, to we're getting back into Marvel TV season here in a couple of weeks. It's so.
2: done.
0: Yeah. Jessica Jones, I believe, comes out in December, right in time for um Daredevil to come out in February next year. So
1: Well, and Shield is back at the end of this month, and then halfway through that is going to be Agent Carter again, and then they're still doing the Mockingbird Hunter thing. So
0: Yep. Anyway. But yeah, we digress. But uh, this was a good... We digress.
2: Um, Alright, well, announcements are brief. No new patrons, sad face. No new Bandcamp subscribers, sad face again. Um, if you're interested in subscribing, please check out patreon.com backslash unspoiled. You get early access to all of the episodes one day early. You get um, free access to special bonus stuff. I was doing the age of Ultron podcast with Owen that wound up being six hours long. And (laughs) we just, and that's not an exaggeration. It was actually longer than six hours in total. And um, then we just started doing star Wars and we just finished Jedi over the weekend. And we'll, I'll be posting that this week. And then we are going to be doing the uh, awful prequels as one large, Uh, episodes so as to not torture me by making me watch them individually Um, well done right? and yeah there's just going to be all kinds of like little things that we're thinking of doing as bonuses for Patreon once we finish the Golden Compass he wants to watch the movie and maybe do a review on that because the movie's terrible Uh. and we really really want to talk about how bad it is Um, so yeah there's just all kinds of little things and also for Patreon members um the Fear the Walking Dead spinoff started a couple weeks ago, and while I do not have time to add another podcast to my schedule, I really want to watch it, and I don't feel like I want to watch it on my own without anybody – like, it's just The Walking Dead has been such a part of the podcast that I don't want to do it without any contact with my peoples. So what I plan on doing is watching it and then just doing a really short bit video – and uh, sharing my thoughts on the episode and my impressions and everything. And um, and yeah, that's about it. And uh, I feel like there's – oh, and one last thing that um, – this is actually open to everybody. I don't know if you all have heard of the app Periscope. But it is a video streaming app that you can use from your phone. It can only film one person at a time. Like you can't connect phones or anything like that. And people can write in and watch you at the same time, and you can like see their questions pop up. And I was live on Periscope last week watching this episode of Hannibal that was so bananas. Oh my god, it was so good. It was so fucking good, you guys.
1: And Is it safe to watch that show now that it's officially over?
2: Sure. I don't, why was it not safe before? <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's it was. I'm just that's usually my mo.
2: It
0: was it was beautiful. It was, it, it will Graham and Hannibal Lecter are the greatest love story of the season. i
1: I've, I've seen your Facebook post to it, that it's effect. Not it's a, made me interested.
0: It's not even me. Tumblr agrees. Tumblr, right? There. <laughs> <Hannibal> <laughs> Lecter, I'm just saying Tom, Hannibal Lecter and Will Graham have, have apparently subverted the love for uh, for Tom Hiddleston that Tumblr used to have and Benedict <laughs>
2: uh, Cumberbatch. Wow. Uh, That show is just so – and I – it was a purely accidental that I picked the episode that I did to watch live while people were watching with me. But it was so insane and I kept flipping out and being like, what is going on? I was worried when I started watching it live. What if I don't have many reactions? What if this is really boring for people to like be in on with me? I was very, (laughs) very quickly disabused of that fear because it was like insane. So this week I'm going to do it again. Um, I'm going to start watching it at six 30 on Thursday central standard time on Periscope. I believe on Periscope I'm at unspoiled show, or I think you can find me like via my Twitter handle. Um, and yeah, you can just like, come on. It's basically me like filming my face in reaction while I watch Hannibal and you can hear the show, but you can't see it. You can watch along on your own or you can just watch me flip out because that is inevitably what will happen because that show is so fucking good. And it always takes me by surprise, even though I can usually be pretty good at picking out what's going to happen. That show, I never know. So that is, uh, that is another thing that is happening. So I just want to let everybody know about that. And that is it. So what do you guys want to plug?
1: Uh, so I've been doing this other podcast it's called Smash Fiction. Some of you may have already heard me talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it again because it's awesome, and you should all go check it out on iTunes or just on Libsyn uh, if you don't like using iTunes for whatever reason. We're also, I believe we're on Stitcher. We might not be on Stitcher yet, but we're getting there. We're getting there, guys. Uh, our most recent episode was Batman versus Doctor Doom. Yeah. <laughs> so if you've ever wondered, and I know you have, who would win in a fight between Batman and Doctor Doom? Check out the Smash Fiction podcast. It's tons of fun. It's really funny. It's debate-style uh, argument over really unimportant things. So check that out. I'm also uh, on TowerOfTheHand.com if you want to uh, indulge in any Game of Thrones-related nerddom, and uh, occasionally write pieces for Yes Magazine. YesMagazine.org.
2: Yay! Yay!
0: Oh, I have a wrestling podcast too, but yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right then.
0: Um, hey guys, I am a contributing writer to com. I've currently just reviewed uh, Marco Polo and the Daredevil series on Netflix, which is great. The Daredevil series. Um, every so good th- so far. Yeah, it. I love it. Also, I've always been a huge fan of Matt Murdock. I I prefer him over Batman because. Making someone like Batman just one of their superpowers being super rich just takes away from the drama. I like that, you know, Nelson and Murdoch is always like struggling to pay the like bills.
1: The best superheroes are always poor.
0: This is Peter Parker. Yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, I'm also going to be reviewing the Muppets show on ABC this fall for Project Fandom, as well as the Fox Lucifer, uh, show that's based off of you know, um, Mike Carey's Lucifer Run, which is off. A spin off of uh, the Sandman series that we were reading. So that's pretty cool. Um, I will say I'm excited for The Muppets and Lucifer, oh, and huh. also because, you know, come on, Miss Piggy, do your thing.
2: <laughs> 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 nice. Do we see
0: a
1: crossover like for those two shows? I like Lucifer and
0: for, Miss Piggy? I would love for Miss Piggy to walk into the piano bar that Lucifer is mad at <laughs> and be like, so I need to get my ex back.
2: Yay. Awesome.
0: <laughs> I'd, I'd watch that show.
2: Um, all right, cool. Well, I think That's... that is it. And everybody also, I want to give you all a heads up that um Miles is recording this and he's going to be sending it to me to edit. I apologize ahead of time if things are weird, if the sound is like off or if anything just seems like out of normal because I'm working with some materials that I'm not used to. So,
1: yeah we've never had to do this before so yeah, I'm not entirely sure awkward. how it's going to turn out
2: so I hope y'all can bear with me on that hopefully I'll get this whole ridiculous garage band thing figured out and if not then I guess I'll just kill myself so <laughs> you know whatever
1: that's great <laughs> that's great you do that alright
2: well thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you next week with a new episode bye
0: Peaceful. bye 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 Please turn on.